Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello there ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me your host Dan the Viking. Now firstly I want to have a quick uh, housekeeping messages, few messages uh, for my avid listeners. We have been struggling very very much to get episodes out at the moment and this is mainly due to work, um, my full-time job uh, being extremely busy um, and me just not having the time to find to actually record these episodes uh, when I get the odd occasion to to do so um, I've been taking advantage of the fact that my dad has episodes prepared um, which I do not I like to do my research just before um, you know I, I decide to do a specific episode whereas dad does them sort of a few weeks in advance so you have been dealing with my dad's for a couple of episodes um, and I do hope you guys have thoroughly enjoyed the last two that he has done and he will be back on the show again in the very near future because he's got even more for you um, some absolutely fantastic ones and some that our American listeners um, might be a bit shocked to hear especially one of them um, it uh, certainly doesn't paint uh, Americans in a great light um, but you'll have to wait for that one because it's a fantastic episode and it's one that will definitely definitely be on the top of his list of some of the best ones he's done now obviously you haven't had an episode with just me for a very very long time so I do apologize for that but I am going to try my best over the next few weeks to get some episodes out these will be going on to Patreon first, as usual. We have uh, a few of you guys have dropped off Patreon, um, and to be perfectly honest, I don't blame you. Um, it has been very, very difficult, and obviously, you're not the last month or so. You haven't really been getting value for money, so I can only apologise for that. But if you guys do want to rejoin, um, I can do my utmost to get these episodes out to you in the very near future. Now, that being said, I have been set a challenge from my dad, um, and this includes a Patreon episode. Now, I did an episode on Patreon um, last year, maybe the year before, um, on the notorious duo Bonnie and Clyde. Um, most of you will probably have heard of Bonnie and Clyde. It's a great episode, and it's probably worth the, the $5 just to go over and listen to that one, but there is more on there. Um he wants to do an episode on Bonnie and Clyde. So what I have decided, once he has done his episode, is I will release my episode from Patreon onto this normal feed. 
and we will do a comparison of the two. So you guys will be judge, jury, and hopefully not mine, but executioners as to who has done the better podcast. Because, like all things, I have this innate need to beat my dad, which most people do, I think. I think that uh, stems from quite a young age. Um, But I I definitely want to beat him with this podcast. So uh, I will be releasing that episode once we are ready to record his version. Um, and we will let you guys decide. The poll will be going on Facebook, so if you are not on Facebook, unfortunately, you won't be able to join in. Um, but if you are on Facebook and you're not on our page, I think you need to get over there because it's uh, going to be interesting, and we'll see which is the better episode. So that will be coming in the next few weeks as well. Um, that being said, we shall get on with the episode. Now, this week we are going to be talking about a British war hero and a very eccentric man at that. Now, this man, many of you may know, uh, may have heard of, um, and maybe not know the story behind him. The man in question of this week's episode, if you haven't already read the title, is Major Alison Digby Tatum Water. Yes, that is a very British name. It's very long. Um, his nickname is Digby, so we'll refer to him as Digby because it's just a lot easier, isn't it, than reading that every single time. Now, this man was born in Shropshire uh, on the 21st of May, 1917. And like many men of his era, his father went to war. His father was involved in the First World War and was Uh, part of a gas attack and died at a very young age so he had a very awkward early life Um, he was the son of a man named Henry de Grey Tatum Water Um, and like I said he died when Digby was just 11 so he died at a very uh, very hard age for a, a young boy Digby was well educated, he went to Wellington College in Berkshire um, and in 1935 he was accepted into the Royal Military College of Sandhurst. Uh, Digby passed from Sandhurst on the 21st of January 1937 and was commissioned as a lieutenant. He was listed into the Indian Army with a view to joining the, the unattached list for the Indian Indian Army with a view to join the Indian Army due to his family connections. He was attached to the 2nd Battalion, the Oxfordshire and Buckinghamshire Light Infantry from India and this was from March 1937. He subsequently transferred uh, to that regiment full-time on the 27th of April 1938 but he never fully joined the Indian Army. He always stayed part of his Oxfordshire and Buckinghamshire light infantry. Um, He would be able to continue his hobbies, which uh, were very strange. Um, He had hobbies that he did in India, which was uh, tiger hunting and what we call pig sticking, which is essentially trying to kill a wild boar with a stick. So... Not a very easy thing to do, but that's what he enjoyed. I'm not sure about the tiger hunting. I don't particularly, uh, well, to be honest, I don't particularly like hunting any animals for for sport. Um, If you're going to eat it, it's different, but I think for sport it's not. uh, But this was a different time. So the Second World War broke out and Digby was not 
sent to fight in Europe, or not initially anyway. Um, he started in the Western Desert campaign, and he was awarded the French Croix de Gare uh, while serving uh, the Hadfield Spears unit. Um, his brother died at the Second Battle of El Alamein um, in 1942, and he was part of the Second Dragoon Guards and the Queen's Bays. This affected Digby quite a lot, and he decided that he wanted to be more involved in the war. And the way to do that was to join the Airborne Regiment, or the Parachute Regiment. He was appointed as a company commander of A Company of the 2nd Parachute Battalion, part of the 1st Parachute Brigade of the 1st Airborne Division. Now that's a mouthful and a half. He was stationed in Grantham in Lincolnshire. Um, he was well known for his tiger hunting exploits and his reputation was enhanced as he was able to attain use of an American Dakota plane to fly all his officers to a camp and a party at the Ritz Hotel in London. In other words, he nicked a plane to take his mates on the piss. Um, and this got him a lot of a lot of praise. He was sort of a, hailed as a bit of a hero. Not sure that would, uh, would work very well nowadays, but um, I'm not sure anyone could steal a, a plane nowadays very easily, but... Digby managed to, to steal a plane and it you know it was a, an American Dakota as well so um, he was chosen by the battalion's commanding officer to lead the 2nd Parachute Battalion in the Battle of Arnhem now the Battle of Arnhem is a very famous uh, battle it is covered in a film um, I believe the film is a bridge too far I'm not 100% sure it may be bridge on the river Y why whatever it is um someone will correct me but uh, i'm sure it's uh, depicted in a film um, and this was part of operation market garden now digby had a reputation of being a very aggressive commander and in preparation for this he basically looked at what could go wrong as a, a commander should do and he decided that the biggest problem with the mission was the radios he believed that the radio system that they were going to use was the only thing that could potentially fail and he was right um, because the radios failed what he did for this or to counteract this was to teach his men bugle calls so he taught them how to play the bugle and he taught specific calls similar to what was used in the Napoleonic Wars um, bugle calls uh, for those of you who don't know um, I'm pretty sure most of you will know what a bugle is but that that's a bugle call that was pretty much sorry that was terrible impression but I could do a better one I'm going to bore you now but anyway <laughs> um, he, he's, he wanted bugle calls he wanted a backup plan for the radios and turned out that that was that was a good idea because when the radios failed he still had his bugle calls now what makes Digby so special what makes this man so intergrained that he gets his own podcast um well he was quintessentially British he walked into battle with an umbrella um 
he took an umbrella with his kit as means of identification. He took the umbrella mainly because he wanted to be distinguished from everybody else on the battlefield. He also decided to wear the classic red beret of the paratroopers. Um, probably would have been seen as a, a bad idea in the middle of a war to wear a bright red hat. But nonetheless, that's what he decided to do. He wanted to be easily spotted by his men because he had trouble remembering passwords um, and he felt that and in his words he felt that anyone who saw him would think that only a fool of an Englishman would carry an umbrella into battle uh, and he probably is right in that sense I can't imagine the Nazis carrying umbrellas into battle now during the Battle of Arnhem uh, his company was dropped from the target of Arnhem Bridge um, and they had to go through the streets of Arnhem to reach the bridge now Digby was outnumbered his forces were outnumbered and it was all blocked by the Germans so he did the right thing at the time and that was to lead his men through the back gardens of all the houses um, and attempting to advance through the streets unavoided by the Germans and he did actually avoid them um, Digby and A Company managed to travel eight miles in seven hours. Um, they took 150 German soldiers, either prisoner or killed, and these included members of the SS. So they are the elite fighting Germans. Um, so he was doing a good job. Uh, during the battle, Digby wore, like I said, he wore his beret instead of the helmet, which probably would have been more sensible. Uh, however, he waved his umbrella around and he walked around with this red beret on. Um, this was whilst he was under heavy fire and mortar fire from the Germans. Now, the Germans used snipers and he actually said to one of his men, you need to get down because there are snipers around. And Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And his man replied, you're the one walking around with a red hat on basically a red beret um and he said don't worry i've got an umbrella so like that's going to stop the bullets but that was that was the response that was given um when the germans started using tanks to cross the bridge uh digby led a bayonet charge against them but he decided not to wear his beret he in fact changed it for a very british bowler hat um, and he wore a bowler hat whilst he was doing a bayonet charge with an umbrella. Um, he then later disabled a German armoured car with his umbrella uh, by climbing onto the front of it and poking the driver in the eye with his umbrella through the observation slit. He sort of leant in and stabbed him with his umbrella. So... It was quite a useful weapon, I suppose, in that in that instance. But um, yeah, I'm not really sure that was uh, the smartest move. I can't see myself climbing on top of an armored vehicle with a bowler hat and, um, and an umbrella, just trying to to take it out. But 
this is what he did uh, and then he noticed in the heat of battle a chaplain was pinned down by enemy fire uh, whilst trying to cross the street to get to an injured soldier and Digby got to him and said don't worry about the bullets I've got an umbrella so this was the second time that he decided that his umbrella was better than <laughs> than anything uh, he escorted the chaplain across the street under his umbrella and then returned to the front line to one of his fellow officers said that an umbrella wouldn't do you any good to which Digby replied my goodness Pat but what happens if it rains uh, <laughs> Digby was later then injured by some shrapnel uh, which cut open the rear of his trousers um, and cut the back of his leg um, but he continued to fight until A Company had ran out of ammunition now despite the radios not working they did manage to get one sign off or one signal off to the rest of the companies behind um, which said we have run out of ammo and God save the king um, it didn't really make much difference um, Digby was injured um, and he was sent to St Elizabeth's Hospital um, where he was captured he escaped out of the window um, with his second in command Captain Toby Frank so after they were captured they obviously out of ammo they had to surrender um, and the people were taken he was looked after by the Germans you know they didn't just send him straight to a camp they did put him in hospital first but he, he escaped anyway uh, when the German nurses had left they took their opportunity and after creating an escape compass from the buttons on his uniform Digby and Frank headed towards Marindel which is a town um, in I believe it was in Holland um, upon arriving they were hidden by a Dutch woman who spoke no English um, before being put in contact with her neighbour he disguised them as painters and moved them to a, a safe house basically uh, a man named Derek Wildeboer now Wildeboer was a local leader of the Dutch resistance and they met a man named Menno de Noy um, of the Dutch resistance and he gave him a bicycle Wildeboer had a fake Dutch identity card made for Digby and posed him as Peter Jensen a deaf mute and a son of a lawyer now this might not sound that interesting however Digby used the bicycle to cycle around the German soldiers in the town um, because he was deaf and he was mute the Germans didn't recognise him and he basically could blend in with the rest of society he was able to go and see all the other people who were part of the resistance and he was able to just blend in around the German soldiers without them even knowing in fact he was so brazen that he actually stopped to help Nazi cars that were stuck in ditches and help push them out German soldiers also used to enter the house that he was staying in um, and he would sort of push past them on his way in and um, obviously he didn't talk to them because he's a deaf mute but yeah he sort of wasn't afraid of sort of getting in their faces um, he managed to gather 150 escaped soldiers and head towards the front line 
and this was known as Operation Pegasus. Digby and the soldiers cycled to the Rhine, and Digby flashed the V for victory sign using Morse code with his torch. Um, for those of you who don't know, that was basically Winston Churchill that made it famous by doing it the wrong way round. It's basically the peace sign. Um, but yeah, Winston Churchill managed to do it to the papers once and, and swore at the papers, which people didn't realise. Members of the Triple X Corps then ferried them across the river. Um, upon his return to the United Kingdom, Digby was awarded the Distinguished Service Order, and he also wrote a report on the Battle of Arnhem that resulted in Lieutenant Jack Greyburns uh, receiving a promotion, and also he was awarded the Victoria Cross. And this was all because of Digby. He basically made Jack Greyburn a hero um and he he got he he won the victoria cross so for those of you who don't know the victoria cross is the highest medal uh, awarded in the british army so he did uh, did very well after the war ended um digby served in british controlled palestine before he was appointed to the 5th king's african rifles uh, in british kenya in 1946 um he also bought two estates in kenya in I'm going to try and pronounce these properly. Um, someone will tell me off for this, but Aburu and Nanyuki, and I'm hoping that uh, that's right. But this was during the Mau Mau uprising in the 1940s. Digby raised a volunteer mounted police force at his own expense and led them into battle against the Mau Mau. Um, after that, he retired to run his estates, and he also created the concept of the modern safari where animals would be photographed rather than hunted. So that must be on most people's wish list or, or um, what do they call them, bucket list before you die, um, is to go on a safari. Um, but prior to Major Digby, uh, safaris were pretty much non-existent. Uh, he, he came up with the idea of shooting them with a camera rather than a rifle, uh, which I believe is a much more humane way to look at wildlife. So, um, he believed and supported uh, racial reconciliation and believed Africans had the right to self-govern. Um, this belief made him somewhat of an outlier within Kenyans, Euro Kenya's European community. Um, he was outspokenly sympathetic to African nationalism um, and in particular to uh, Kikuyu uh, concerns about land ownership. So during the Kenyan independence... It's reported that the British defence staff uh, told the British High, High Commissioner to look after Major Tate and Water. In other words, he was, I would say, almost a an African hero, despite being not African. Um, and that sounds really weird to say, now I've said it out loud, but he supported what a lot of people in the West didn't support at that time and that was Africa's independence and that's quite a I mean obviously now it sounds mental to say who wouldn't support independence of their own country but it was a very different time and, and obviously Kenya was British controlled and he believed that Kenya should govern Kenya and obviously he was instrumental in that um in, in that happening 
Um, he actually married in 1949 uh, to Jane Boyd. Um, she was daughter of a captain as well, so coming from another military family. Um, and it, she was actually the granddaughter of Arthur George Egerton, who was the fifth Earl of Wilton. Um, so he had a, a little bit of blue blood in there as well. They had three daughters and several grandchildren after that. They were married in uh, Nanyuki um, by a German aristocrat named Duke Frederick von Oldenburg. Um, Digby actually died in Nanyuki in Kenya on the 21st of March 1993. Um, he had a very, very long life and he died at the age of 75. He is not a well-known British hero. He's not a well-known soldier. Uh, he didn't win a Victoria Cross. He didn't win. Um, I don't think I don't know what the British equivalent of a Purple Heart is. A Wounded in Action medal. Um, you know, he was just an eccentric British person. And for someone to be, I would. I'm not sure whether it's brave or stupid enough to walk into a battle against the SS wielding an umbrella and wearing a bowler hat. I, I don't really know, but um he definitely went down in history because of that. Um and, and he will be he will be remembered. He is he's a very famous uh, soldier. He's very famous in in Britain. Uh, there's a lot of people listening to this in Britain going, I've never heard of him. But you may not have heard of him but you've definitely heard of the soldier who went into battle with an umbrella because it's something that is is part of our history. And it's uh, I know we do a lot of World War II history. Um, I want to do focus a little bit um, going forwards on these type of eccentric characters that are out there. This one was actually a request. Um, someone messaged me and said, have you looked at Major Digby? And I said, oh, I haven't looked at him, but... Um, and I did a bit of research and yeah what a fascinating character what a fascinating story so um, we've done this we're going to look at some eccentric characters throughout history um, throughout wars there's a, a British soldier in the second world war who went out with a bow and arrow and a Scottish longsword uh, didn't carry a, a rifle um, and he also carried bagpipes so we'll cover that at one point um, there's an American uh, marine who won both the Purple Heart and the Medal of Valor, uh, Medal of Honor um, by using a rifle that was made up of three other rifles, and none of these rifles they, they made six of them, and none of these are in existence anymore. Um, there's a lot of weird stories out there um, about soldiers who have done things that you probably haven't heard of, and. I think we need to cover them. I think we need to do a little bit of uh, research into these guys, so I will be doing a little bit more and uh, get back to you with some more funky stories like this. I hope these have been a bit more enjoyable. Um, obviously, this episode is a little bit shorter than the last few. Um, maybe that's because there's not a huge amount of detail to go through. Um, I think that's that might be how we do it now. We might uh, try and cut down some of these episodes and, and make them easier to listen to um, and then go into detail on on a few major ones um, that come up so say it every week get yourselves over to facebook get yourselves over to patreon 
Um, support the podcast however you can, um, even if that means leaving a review, uh, sharing it with your friends and family. The more, uh, the more shares, the more listens, the more Patreon members we get going forwards, the, the more likely we are going to carry on with the podcast and uh, not carry on, but I'll be able to get more out there um, because I'll have more time to do so so going forwards um like i said hopefully we'll have a lot more episodes coming your way and yeah thanks for listening guys